Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. I'm Laura. And I'm Adrian. All four of us are here. Yay! Yay! Surprise! Uh, we were, this was teased a while ago, and it finally happened, because <laughs> Jared's house is finally getting in order. Literally! Yes. I'm not going to be homeless here pretty soon. Yay! I mean... Think of the stories you could have told while being homeless. I guess, but I don't want to tell those stories. You could have gone on adventures <laughs> and met tons of new interesting people. Screw that. I'd rather a roof over my head. <laughs> I mean, if you want to live the life of, quote, normalcy, then that's fair. Uh, so, yeah. Welcome back, Jared. Thank you. Uh, steady customers on Saturdays will someday see him again. Yes. Someday soon. Hopefully soon. But for now, you're stuck with me. And me, because I'm, I, 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 yeah, that's yeah, uh, but they're always stuck with you. Yeah, that's regard. That's doesn't matter. I'm always there. Mm-hmm. Someday, maybe that'll change. I'll be able to have it to Saturday off. But who knows? Oh, and then I was gonna offer to come in, but if you take the day off, I should probably take it with you. Yeah, probably. So yeah, uh, this week's main topic is going to be award-nominated things, and I say that because our store was nominated for an award. What award is that? The Small Business of the Year Award at Downtown Lima. Cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was like, well, uh, that's something to talk about because we're nominated, that's the subject, so. Are we going to do anything special on that Wednesday? Uh, we're going to close early that Wednesday, This that's this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, June 9th. 9th. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll be closed at 5 that day instead of at 6, so people that come out between 5 and 6, you'll come in Thursday maybe, because we'll be closed. Or they'll be disappointed. Yeah, they'll probably forget. Uh, I know one regular. I was like, oh, by the way, next week we'll close at five. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll come on Thursday. I was like, or you'll come Wednesday and you'll forget. Yeah, probably that'll, <laughs> that'll probably happen too. So it is what it is. But yeah, award nominated. Um, I know when we talked about award nominated stuff, I basically looked up the Eisner's. And I was like, oh, that's the industry standard. That one has the most. That's the easiest thing for me to go with. So I just looked up that stuff because there's a lot of stuff. Same here. And even then, I only looked up the award winning because... To find a nominee for anything other than last year is a nightmare to find because you figure there's, what, 20 different categories, five things in each category for the last, I don't know, 40 years. That's a lot. I'm going to make my my own award. Okay. The prestigious Sierra Award. Okay. (laughs) No, I won't. I mean, you can do it. It just won't really have much value. (laughs) The definition of prestigious varies. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, that's why I went with, I don't know what you guys went with, but we'll figure it out as we go. Who would like to go first with their nominated, possibly winning award? Adrian raised his hand, so he gets to go first. I also talked a little bit, uh, or I also chose the Eisner Award. Um, like you said, it's kind of a staple of, of comic book awards. Uh, and you know that I always talk about the book when somebody comes into the store, uh, once in future. Uh, in 2020, it was, uh, nominated, no, it won. The Best New Series Award. <clears throat> and it's uh, by Boom Studios, uh, by Karen Gillen, and Dan Mara. Uh, it's really cool. I like it a lot. Um, I, I'm just a sucker for a, a good start of a story, you know. So, um, Duncan is the guy's name. Uh, he's on a date, and he gets a call from his nan's uh, home. Hey, your nan ran away. Come find her. And he does. And she takes him into a forest and helps, has him help her dig up uh, a cache of weapons and a sword. And he's like, um, Gran, why do you have all these weapons? Well, 
we can't let King Arthur come back to life. Like real King Arthur? Yeah. We oh. Need, we need to put you in a better nursing home. <laughs> right. With more drugs. Right, right. And so it's just this really great story. I think it's out to issue 20. I forgot where we're it's at. Like it's like three up, volumes yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's really great. The first volume got the Eisner Award. Uh, I just, I love that story. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know the lore of King Arthur, the reason why they don't want him to come back is because the lore says he'll return at the end of the world. So in the book, there's a secret society saying, well, he'll return at the end of the world. Well, we'll just bring him back. That will trigger the end of the world then. Right. So that's what they are fighting the secret society that are trying to end the world. I mean, that seems kind of like a ultimate, the ultimate nihilist goal. Like, you know what? Screw it. We'll just want to end the whole world. Mm -hmm. And then maybe get within good grace within him or I don't know. It seems like there are better ways to spend your time and effort and money, but then destroying the end of the world. No, it's been a really great story. I really like it. I love the writing. I love the artwork. Yeah. I would say if you're a fan of Supernatural, you would like it. It's, it is very Supernatural, where King Arthur is almost like a zombie mm -hmm. sort of sorts, a mystical zombie, and they deal with Merlin-esque type of characters and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Once in future. Once good, in future. Good pick. Who would like to go next? Jared, since you're back, you can get to go next. I'll go next, and I'll make this one short and sweet. This one's for Al. Um, I'm going to choose Why the Last Man, So, like I always do. So uh, Why the Last Man in 2005 won it for Best Writer, and then uh, which is Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, in 2008, it won the Best Artist, which was Pau Guerra. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm probably butchering that. Yeah. Uh, close enough. Um, and in 2008, it won uh, Best Continuing Series. So why The Last Man? I won't go into the details because if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably caught the whole story of why The Last Man. If you haven't, then you should go back to the back episodes and listen to those. Exactly. Uh, or And pick up the books in at Alter Ego Comics. Exactly. Uh, one thing I would like to throw in with Why The Last Man is they just announced today the premiere of the show on Hulu. Ooh. September 13th on oh. Hulu is when the first episode of Why the Last Man premieres. They could have done it one more day before that. That way it would have landed on my birthday. That would have been a great birthday present. I imagine it's a certain holiday day of the week that they want to yeah. do. I don't know. If I were to guess, maybe a Friday, but I don't yeah, actually I know. no idea. Let's see, September 13th is what I said. That's actually <laughs> a Monday. A Monday? Yeah. But, I mean, that's when regular television yeah. premieres, and it's Hulu. So we'll that's go cool with stuff. It. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm excited for that series. So, if you want to check it out before then, come to Alter Ego Comics and pick it up. It's the uh, best story ever written. And it was going to be my honorable mention, but Jared picked it. So, I was like, oh, cool. That's what. That's how I knew the, what date it was going to come out. Because like, I already have that written down in my notes. <laughs> uh, Laura, would you like to go next or would you like me to go next? I'll give it a shot. Um, also to surprise everyone, the way Jared came out of left field with White Last Man, I found out that Spider-Man won an Eisner Award at some point. Um, it was sometime in probably 2019 would be my guess, because the comic issue was published in 2018. It was Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 310, by Chip Zdarsky. He wrote and drew it, near as I can tell. And the category was Best Single Issue or One Shot, was what this one won for. And I admit, I kind of remember when I read this the first time, I wasn't impressed. But I don't really always like standalone Spider-Man stories anymore, because I want the big picture. I want it to like flow into everything. But this is a good 
single issue, like if you, I guess kind of probably tough to find since it is a single issue, but it is a self-contained story. It's timeless. It's written through the lens of a documentary. There's this guy who was helped by Spider-Man. He's like, I want to find out how Spider-Man's been helping other people and how he affects society. And I want to focus on that. And he actually found one person in particular where the he was interviewing the mother of a child that Spider-Man kind of saved because the kid got mixed up in the wrong crowd and he was really just the lookout for a heist. And when Spider-Man realized, oh, this kid's really young, like he made one mistake, I'm kind of going to let him go. He kind of helped him get away from the police when they caught the other people in this robbery. And then it turned out that Spider-Man started mentoring this kid and helping him with his homework and like really taking an interest in this child. And when the mom found out and got in touch with this documentary guy, like she told the whole story. And so I'm not going to give it away, but read the book, find out the story of this kid named Kyle. And yeah, that was a the Eisner Award winner for 2019 by Chip Zdarsky. Spider-Man. Yep. Win it out, Spider-Man. Yep. That actually sounds like a pretty interesting story, too. Yeah, I might. Yeah. Uh... Ta-da. It's, it's an easy read because it's all of one issue. Yeah. Yeah. Takes like 15 minutes. All right. Moving on. My first award nominee is an award winner of the 2020 Eisner of the best reality-based work. That is They Called Us Enemy by George Takei. Oh, my. Um, this is the story of his of him being raised in America during the World War II as a Japanese-American where he was raised in a... Oh, I think they use internment camp. Yeah. No, not a concentration camp. Just barely not a concentration camp. It's an yeah. internment camp. It's what we did. So we're not the bad guys. But you realize, no, we kind of are like super racist. Like, oh, you are you have either from Japan or you have heritage from Japan. All right, you're gonna automatically go in here because you might be a super secret spy and we'll imprison you pretty illegally. Indefinitely illegally. And they moved around and yeah. It was it was not a fun read, but neither is life sometimes. So I believe it was our book club book in 2019 and it was really good, especially to see like they have a lot of flashbacks of him as a teenager and adult, like where he'd yell at his dad, like, why didn't you stand up for us? Why didn't you do any of this? But then as he got older, he realized, well, because he was trying to protect us. If we would have spoke out or done anything wrong, we would have been actually killed probably or sent off to the war or who knows what. I mean, it was pretty rough so not all of our history is great guys so yay yeah george takei's book i thought it was really cool and it's a part of the country that we don't really learn about in the history books like they mention it at best but they don't actually teach you in school because i don't remember in school being taught about Neither what they I. did to the japanese americans during world war ii it's all about the war itself not or you know the war itself and then maybe like rosie the riveter like the war effort but not anything else that we did yeah, our history focuses on what we did right and what we're proud of. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first pick the, uh, of best reality-based work. They called us enemy. All right, Adrian, what's second on your list? Mine was <clears throat> the, uh, I, you almost can't talk about awards when not talk about The Walking Dead. Um, in 2010, it got the uh, best continuing series um, by Kirkman and Ald- Adlard and Rathburn. Um, I, you, if you don't know about The Walking Dead, 
you need to pick it up. It's it's a zombie story. Where have you um, been the last ten years? Well, that too. <laughs> Uh, a zombie story that has a spinoff uh, uh, it, as far as the show, and then it had a spinoff show. Um, tons of merchandise out there. It's super popular. Um, just really well written. And I think we mentioned it last week, too. Something about twist. and So, I mean, when we talk about comics, it's a pretty good chance that it's going to get mentioned. Yeah, and that's one big thing, too, is... People were in love with, oh, that's such a great show. Wait, they made a book out of this? Mm-hmm. No, nah, son. They made the book years before the show. And the book is so much better than the show. Right. I would agree with that completely. I mean, now there is an adjustment for people that oh, have only watched definitely. the show that start reading the book. Like, well, well, this is out of order. Well, no, the show was out of order. Yeah. And like the show created no, characters. you're out of order. Uh, Daryl and Merle are not in the books yeah. at all. Those, those are characters made right. specifically for the show. Uh, Carol, who is still around in the show and is awesome, got killed off pretty early in the series where she committed suicide by like, oh, here, I need you to watch my kid while I walk into this zombie that'll eat me and be dead. So yep. they've definitely changed a lot of characters around. Yeah, and they had some great characters and had some big moments with those characters. How um, Rick's wife gets killed and Judith in the book? Yes. I was not expecting that when I first read it. I'm like, holy crap. You know. I mean, you can tell that's somewhat young Robert Kirkman writing too. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, I'm gonna be dramatic and sure we'll kill the baby. I don't care. Yeah. Versus in the show, like, no, no, that doesn't play well. Yeah. Because yeah, in the book, she they were running away as at the prison where they're running away from the governor. Yep, and and she got it. shot in the stomach while she was carrying the baby and the bullet went right through the baby. But by a tank shell. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't just a bullet. It was well. I was trying to be not super graphic. But. I'll be graphic. Kirkman yeah. was. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, uh, that is definitely one that you can't not acknowledge as the Walking yeah. Dead, and just the cultural significance that it's had over the last ten years. Even did they ever finish? Weren't they starting to colorize and reprint the Walking Dead? Yes, they are still doing it. I want to say they're on like issue sixteen. It's a bi-monthly that comes out, which means it comes out twice a month, not every other month. I hate that phrase, bi-monthly, where it means different things. <laughs> but yeah, it comes out twice a month. It is fully colored. It's called the Walking Dead Deluxe. Okay. And as of right now, they say they will not collect it in trade in color. But they also said they're not going to make the Walking Dead in color either. So eventually, someone needs their money somehow. <laughs> they'll do it. Chances are. That's what I was holding off on. I was going to buy it all in trade. They better. Chances are they probably will because, like I said, before, like, oh, no, we'll never color. It's always me black and white. Technically, they were right. The series was always black and white. Then they just renamed the series and put it in color. So it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, Kirkman's got to make his money somehow. Yep. I don't blame the guy. Like, he's just created the urgency. Oh, it's never been collected. Until we change the name and make it collected. But what, as of right now, it's never been collected. So it is what it is. Yep. So what's second on your list, Jared? Uh, second one on my list was actually not a book that um, won an award. It was the writer of the book. It was Tom King. In 2019, he won Best Writer Award. And um, I chose the book Heroes in Crisis that he did in 2019. Um, it was basically a book about uh, your DC he- heroes. Um, they built a sanctuary for all of their superheroes to deal with any mental health issues over all the crises and everything. And it was also a place where supervillains could kind of do the same thing and reform a little bit. But uh, something happens, and there's just one gigantic massacre there. Captain like, America comes in and kills them all. Yes, okay. Captain America. <laughs> and by saying something happens, like, it's the first issue. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like, issue. oh, midway through. No, it's the dr- the drama is immediate. Right. So there's this, it's the murder oh, mystery, right. and 
you know, Batman's investigating. You got the world's greatest detective on it. But uh, Booster Gold and Harley Quinn become the prime suspects because they are the only survivors of that massacre. So they're like, okay, you two know what happened. We're at least going to hunt you down for that. Right. And being suspects, they take off. They're on the run, you know. Well, it's not necessarily to blame them. I mean, no. you, figure you have Batman hunting you, probably Superman also. Yeah. And... and they're not happy, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, it turns out it was actually Wally West who did it, the the original Wally West. Uh, he basically hacked the AI program of the Sanctuary who was, like, recording interview sessions. And they were keeping, like, a log to show progress and to help diagnose or things like that. The campus psychologist, basically. Yeah, basically. But uh, so he hacked it to try to because he was depressed that he came back during the new 52, but his wife and his children didn't. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. So he hacked. I don't know what his reasoning was for hacking an AI system that was basically logging people's mental health and stuff like that. But it basically overwhelmed him from all the trauma and everything, and he lost control of the speed force, and it basically just killed everybody. It was like a nuclear blast almost, like a mini nuke. Pretty much, Mm -hmm. yeah. And but it, I know it killed him too. Sort yes, of. it killed him. But I, I, I didn't read this to so, prepare for this show. But if memory serves, they like took a clone of him and used that as the corpse. To so like he went keep, to the future. Yes, like he blew up. He blew up everything. Went to the future. Got a clone of himself. Brought that to the past and staged that body. Okay, that's if yes. I remember correctly. It was very messy. Yeah, yeah. The ending was the explosion. That and the story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was really good. It was fun to see that murder mystery type setting of like the whole DC universe. Because, yeah, he is still alive. No, I don't think it was cool. I think it was his future self. He captured his future self from like a year in the future. Yeah, because he was guilty because he knew that what he did caused all this. So he killed his future self a year in the future, went back in time, put the body there. So he's still in jail and they're trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going to happen in a year then? Is he going to die or... How does any of that work? Right. But yeah, it's, uh, I know that a whole bunch of DC characters were killed. Like Roy Harper was there, Poison Ivy, you know, a whole bunch. I mean, yes, there was a whole bunch, but let's be honest, 90% of them didn't mean anything. The biggest thing was Roy Harper and Poison Ivy, but even then Poison Ivy came back from a certain point of view. They had like, she had like a sapling of her consciousness that regrew and it was very weird. Yeah. No one's ever really dead. Yeah. The only real, quote, important death was Roy Harper. Right. So, But it was during their DC's New 52 phase, I believe, so it really... Or no, no what's that? Is, no, that was Rebirth. Rebirth. This is during Rebirth. That was yeah. Rebirth. Yeah, this because it was just two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, because I almost oh, read my that. My mistake on that. But, yeah. Well, I don't have an excuse to say, well, all those characters are back now then. So, because I don't know. Yeah. It, it's a bit of a mess, so... Yeah. But that's that's comic books. Yeah. Comic books are always a bit of a mess. If it's not a mess, then chances are it's not a story. There you go. It's not interesting. Right. All right, Laura. What is next up on your list for award-nominated slash winnings? Speaking of interesting. Um, More Spider-Man. No, I, I didn't go that way. The, the way I picked my next book was I emailed Alex, or I guess I texted you. I said, hey, go around the store. Pick up a whole bunch of award winners and bring them home, and I will just pick from that stack. And so I did. Uh, Invisible Kingdom was on the top of the stack. It was the best new series and best painter digital artist in 2020. And it's volume one, Walking the Path, so there is a volume two, New Year's, I can tell. And But the first issue, or the first volume, I should say, is well-contained, and it's a good story. It ties up loose ends. 
It leaves you wanting more, but not not hanging too much. The story is mainly about a pilot named Grix and her freighter ship, the Sundog. She kind of works for a corporation called Lux, and they're kind of like Amazon, only between planets. Like, she's a, a freighter captain, basically. Sorry if I already said that. And she's kind of complaining that through the corporation, she's supposed to, like, get her ship fixed and have certain amenities and all this stuff, but the company keeps pushing it off and saying, oh, you need to make it, you need to just make these deadlines, get these shipments, we can't afford to fix your ship because you're not doing a well enough job, and she's like, I'm not doing a well enough job because you're not fixing my ship. But anyway, so something goes wrong on the ship, I forget exactly what fails, but they have to crash land, so she checks on her inventory, she finds an error in the inventory log, and that leads to a lot more of the story. And another character who ends up showing up that they cross paths with is Vess, who's a Rulian, and she is actually trying to walk the invisible path to the invisible kingdom to become a nun, which I thought was a cute play on words. Nun, N-O-N-E, instead of N-U-N. And she, so Vess is traveling blindfolded to get to the monastery of renunciation and once she's there she has to make a choice too she finds out that the mother of the monastery isn't all she seems and it's a great look at how if you really believe in something do you continue to believe in that foundation of your like religion your principles even if there's a person who's really high up in that group and they aren't representing it the way they're supposed to. Like, when you find out the truth about a person, does it ruin their principles and the principles you're all working on? Or do you get past that and realize, no, they've they've corrupted that book, that ideal, and you still believe in that ideal? So it's, it's a very interesting look at a sort of religion, too, and there are little quotes along the way as they're following the path and... Yeah, it was a good story, and so I recommend that you go out and get The Invisible Kingdom, even though I gave a really bad review of it. And the art on that, too, is pretty unique, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember it's... looking at this, and, and then you said the uh, digital art thing, and I was like, yeah, I do remember this being... Like, extra fantastical yeah. sort of thing. And now that you say digital art, I'm like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm looking at this right now, just kind of flipping through it, and yeah, this is not <clears throat> hand-drawn. Not your typical and it looks comic. really great. Yeah, Invisible Kingdom. The last ones on my list are a twofer of sorts. Um, I picked the best graphic album category. You, people, that, people that pay attention to the eyes are like, what category is that? Well, it only lasted for two years, and they were both won by Alan Moore. So it's basically the Alan Moore Award. Like, we don't know what to do, so here you go. Uh, the first one was in 1988, and that was Watchmen. In 1989 was Batman the Killing Joke. Uh, both of these are staples within the comic book industry. I mean, watch when you figure we got, what, one movie and a whole TV series out of that were not connected but connected. The movie was pretty accurate to the comic book, but they changed the ending. And then the TV series was a direct sequel to the comic book itself. So like, oh, you'd think the series would follow the movie, but not quite exactly, no. Where the series came out, I want to say it was just last year, 2020, where it followed um, everything that was going on with um, 
oh, I forget. Ozymandias was the head bad guy, right? Yeah. I forget what his real name was. I can't think of it. But where he basically, if you read the comp, if you read the Watchmen book, um, he was a superhero of the Watchmen that decided, you know what, we're getting ready to face nuclear annihilation of the whole world. We need to unite the en- unite the world against a common enemy. That's kind of impossible to do unless it is an out- outside force. So he ma- he made these like giant squid creatures like up in the Arctic, and found a way to teleport them within to like the major cities like New York, Tokyo. I forget where the other like just major cities of everywhere around the world. So the, the whole world like all right, we gotta we gotta get our act together, guys. We gotta work together. We have a common enemy. So the series, the TV series, like all right, well that was the idea, but how long will that piece actually last? And like what will go on with that? What's going on with Doctor Manhattan? Where last saw in the books, he went off to Mars and just was like peaced out. I'm done. Well, apparently he got bored and decided to come back to Earth because that's why not, I guess. Um, but it was a really good series on HBO. I highly recommend it. if you have a chance to watch it, you should. Uh, but yeah, that was all inspired by the uh, book The Watchmen series by Alan Moore. And then the 89 award, The Killing Joke, we had, what, an animated movie from that that DC did a couple years ago? Yeah. And just has there was been... a Birds of Prey show back in early 2000s, I don't know when, where Barbara Gordon was already, had gone through this, so she was already as Oracle. So, yeah, if you haven't read the book, you totally should. It's only like three issues long, three or four issues. It's a very oh, small book? series the for the book itself. The Killing Joke? It was just one... Well, I mean, but, but if it was like if it was in comic books, it would oh, be like oh, two or yeah. three issues. It's a very small thing. Yeah, it's small. Thing. It's thin. Um, and when they did the animated movie, they actually added like an extra 45 minutes of stuff that was not in the book at all because the book itself would have been only like a half hour. Yeah, it would have been like a TV show. <laughs> a long episode, yeah. maybe. Uh, but yeah, that is possibly the most iconic Joker storyline was the killing joke where he's like, you know what, time to get to Batman and get to his allies so i'll tag gordon yeah he just wanted to mess with commissioner gordon pretty much yeah and by getting to gordon he attacked barbara now the question is did he know that barbara was back girl or was he just targeting her because she was the gordon because she was commissioner's daughter that's debatable but i've always thought that he didn't know that she was bad girl yeah i think she was trying to mess with just having to be the crossfire yep and yeah she got paralyzed um it is Heavily hinted that she was raped during that time also. Yep. They don't explicitly show that, but there's been a lot of speculation, comment, commentary on it the last, what is it, let's see, 32 years. Yeah. Of wow. was she raped or not? And the consensus more or less is, yeah, he probably raped her. Yeah. And it was basically he uh, put uh, Commissioner Gordon onto a roller coaster in an abandoned amusement park and put those uh, images of her being crippled and naked up on some big screens right. or painting or pictures right. or something blew them all up and he sent gordon through on the roller coaster to see all those to try to break him so he was While trying he was naked too i think like yeah they I think he stripped him down like, and like yeah. tied him and everything and... but it was basically him trying to say one bad day can make a good man go crazy or lose his stuff and right. go evil and to show how relevant the killing joke is we still have the joker series right now that's three issues in where issue three is a like the first two pages is what happened in the killing joke. It shows that. So 32 years later, it is still important. It's still what's going on. Yep. Which I still say the Joker series should be just called commissioner Gordon or Jim Gordon, but Joker sells Gordon doesn't. So I get that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like the spin that Gordon put on it too, where he's saying, "No, I'm going to prove the opposite of what the Joker was trying to say. A yeah. bad day doesn't break you. Right. right. You can have a bad day, but you can still rise above that mess. Yep. And be better than that. Um, one last honorable mention I want to have for all this. All right, you guys have to guess what what book I'm talking about based off these clues. Oh man. Uh, it is the Eisner Award winner in 2013 for best continuing series, best new series, best writer. Any guesses yet? Saga. Hey, you got the first round. <laughs> I only knew because I figured trying to poke that owl guy. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, it was also 2014 Best Continuing, Best Writer, Best Painter slash Multimedia Artist, and Best, or was nominated but not win, Best Cover Artist for 2014. Uh, 2015, Best Continuing Series, it won. Nominated for Best Writer but not win that time, but still won the Best Painter Multimedia um 2016 it won best continuing or limited best writer best artist best cover artist 2017 best uh continuing series best writer best penciler inkler or penciler inkler team inkler inker sorry <laughs> lots of little errors there uh best cover artist so yeah uh, Al, when you say we make fun of you for not reading Saga, it's because it is one award after basically if it's in public, if it's in print, it's getting awards. Uh, it stopped getting awards in 2018. It was nominated uh, by the Hugo Awards, not the Eisners, um, but that was the, also the year that they stopped being produced. It stopped mid 2018, so we have not gotten any awards since because they're not making it anymore right now. So Just yeah, sad. Saga. Uh, it is a titan of awards, and it's a great book. And more with Brian K. Vaughn. Yes. <laughs> Any other last minute quick honorable mentions we want to mention before we move on to books that came out this week? Uh, I might as well throw out Undiscovered Country. I, I actually did read it and wrote a bunch about it, but um, I don't know really how to say it quick. But it was as if the United States kind of went off the map for 30 years and the people in the rest of the world get message saying hey we've got a cure for this disease you're dealing with in in the greater world come on in and we'll share it with you and it turns out it's a trap and a lot of stuff goes down and it's crazy and it's also like beautifully drawn like there are these weird monsters and they're neon and it's insane so read undiscovered country and figure out what i'm talking about that does look good it is the uh, economic isolationist to the most extreme degree. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we're literally building like 30, 40 stories tall wall barrier around the country. No one else can get in. Yep. Trump finally got his wall in this one. And then some. Uh, one thing I want to mention for an honorable mention as well is the Daredevil series by Chip Zdarsky. And I forget who the artist is, but it is the current series of Daredevil that's going on where... Daredevil screws up and he is he breaks his code of no killing where he accidentally he I mean he didn't mean to but it was he still killed someone it was a he was having a bad day and was stopping a I think it was like a some sort of bank robbery sort of thing and hit a guy and the guy survived the hit but then smacked his head against the wall and later died of a blood clot because of that and so all of New York's going after him he's struggling with okay, am I being Daredevil because I'm doing good or is it because I'm addicted to the thrill of the fight? And at what point is, yes, I'm doing good, but am I also doing bad by the way I'm doing, I, I'm doing good? 
Now, is this the series where he is in prison for no. this? Okay. Not yet, at least. Okay. He's not right now. In the first series, in the first volume. I read volume two yet, but I believe later on he is because Elektra picks up the costume and runs around as Daredevil as well. Okay. I do like that concept. I think we saw a little bit of that in the uh, Netflix show. Um, his whole relationship with, with, with his friend, with... Foggy? Foggy, thank you. Yeah. Uh, kind of was having issues because of that. Like, what what are you doing? Like, he, he didn't know for a while. Did he ever know? I haven't watched it in a while. Foggy? Yeah, he finds he find out, out he's Daredevil. Okay. <clears throat> and, uh, but it's this whole thing of like, you, you got to stop whatever it is that's making you crazy. And, and it's kind of a question of like, why, why am I doing this? Why am I fighting this, this way? You know, do I have to because I have these abilities? Do I have to because I make myself have to? I mean, he's a lawyer and he, and not just a lawyer, but he's a defense attorney where he's like, no, I'm doing good this way, the, the right way through the legal system of like, all right, I'm people, innocent people need protected and this is what I'm here for. Um, at one point in the first volume too, like he thinks that he got, someone set him up like, oh, he was fine when I left. Someone must have killed him before we got to the hospital or on the way or something like that. He interviewed a surgeon and the surgeon's like, no, like you just, Check my record. I'm, you know, I'm not on the take. You messed up. You need to own up that you messed up to this. And Daredevil eventually accepts it and then runs off or whatever. And during that argument, the surgeon's like, listen, I saw, I've seen several of your attack victims. How precise you are to make sure you injure them, incapacitate them, but you don't kill them. You don't do permanent damage. Imagine what good you could be if you use those skills in another field. He's like, as a surgeon, you'd be a phenomenal surgeon. Now, he doesn't know that the guy's blind. Sure. That could be, that could have an effect on being a surgeon. I don't know if I, like, when I had my hernia surgery, would I want to go to a doctor, that, my surgeon that's blind? Probably not. I'd probably choose someone else if I had the option to. But if you knew it was Daredevil, would you have gone for it? Uh, I, I, still, I don't think so. I he's still, still probably because he's a lawyer, not a surgeon. <laughs> right. Well, and then it goes on with the whole, you know, if you do follow that line of thinking, uh, if he's public about his blindness and that he can't perform surgeries, let's just say somebody in the government, somebody in some corporation, somebody is going to want to exploit him right. and hurt him. So he can't use his abilities in real life in public. Now, and the surgeon probably didn't know that he's actually blind. Sure, right. Yeah. I mean, you figure and, the way he's acrobatting around everywhere and attacking, you don't think, oh, yeah, that's the work of a blind guy. Right. You don't think that. And he was on Captain America's side during Civil War, right? I believe so. I think, I think so, so. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, that still kind of tracks with that thought process. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely leads down the rabbit hole of like, okay, what good can heroes do? Would they be better off not just being a vigilante but actually being a hero? I know the other series by Robert Kirkman, Invincible, one of the teenage superheroes, she decides, you know, instead of being, a, you know, just fighting bad guys that come in, I have the ability to change things on the molecular level. I'm just going to go be a world philanthropist at that point. She goes like out to deserts where people are starving, where she makes it rain, grows crops, just, just changes the matter around everything. She's like, well, yes, you're helping people in the micro. She wants to, she's like, well, let's use our powers to help people in the macro. Let's really actually cause a change. And it's a fair point for regular superheroes. Who, who knows what uh, Batman can do if he would, do more than just fight thugs. Like if he'd actually use his philanthropy and actually be Bruce Wayne, not just well, Batman. And even some of the stories uh, and some of the takes, of Bruce Wayne does do that all the time so that it's taken the radar off of him as 
wait, is this guy? No, he's just a rich guy that gives away money. You well, know? even then, the quote all the time is only like once a month versus because right. he dedicates every night to being bad. I mean, he's got to sleep at some point. He's still human. So imagine <laughs> what good he could do if he was fully invested in the world then. Which kind of goes back to that Spider-Man book that you, you talked about earlier as far oh. as, you know, uh, somebody's doing the documentary on a hero who's actually doing more than just fighting mm-hmm. crime and saving people from burning buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the my favorite Spider-Man books of recent was one, that was a one-shot was The Amazing Spider-Bite, where it was a kid that was acting like Spider-Man also, running around. Uh, he's like, uh, he's like a five-year-old or something. No powers. No, he was, he was, he was Spider-Man. Oh, okay. But then you find out, no, that was all a dream or a fantasy where he was a cancer patient. He was a kid, a child with cancer where Spider-Man came to the hospital and visited them and he had his own like little feel good adventure with them and it just made the kid feel good because like, Hey, I have to handle Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't have the abilities and I'm, I'm more or less dying by this disease, but I still had a really cool day and a really good, good issue with that. So, yeah, superheroing isn't always just fighting bad guys. It, there is more to the job that they could do that is more uplifting. Anything else we want to mention Well, before we go on to this week's books, after that tangent's done? No, nah, we'll save the rest for another. We can do this again because we still have half a stack over there. Hey, I do have a question. We were talking about this earlier upstairs before we started recording. And uh, is Layla from the X-Men books alive or is she dead? Yes. And this is kind of... The answer is yes. <laughs> no, you said you didn't know upstairs. Yeah. Is she alive or is she dead? Yes. Maybe. Uh, no. It's Schrodinger's question. Yeah. Jeez. She's also in a box. Oh, what's no. The, what's the box? Somebody rescue her. <laughs> fans, so, fans of Seven will know what's in the box I'm going for. Oh. Fans of physics will know Schrodinger. Yeah. <laughs> so, people out there listening, uh, if you have an answer, because I don't want to Google this. Is she actually is she a mutant? <laughs> and is she a mutant? I forgot about that part. Because yeah. if she is a mutant, then the way that they have set up everything... She should be cr- able to come back. She should already be back, potentially. Right. Although yep. they have talked about in recent issues where there is a backlog of bringing people back. Um, yeah. Mystique's wife being one of them. Where she's like, hey, bring back my wife. Like, well, she's lower down on the list. We'll get to her eventually. And they're kind of using that to drag her along. Like, no, you have to, do, you have to be good before you, mm-hmm. you earn the resurrection of whoever right. you want. Which is kind of evil, but we'll see that pan out soon, anyway. Because no, I I remember after House of M or during House of M, and then after that. So yes, after that, uh, she was kind of critical, and uh, she was part of the X Factor detective team or whatever. The last thing I remember her in, for sure that I know I remember in, was the end of that X Factor run. I want to say 2015, 2016 ish, where. The series was ending, and her and they aged her up where she was teenager slash adult, whatever. She married the Madrox. She, she married multiple man Madrox. She married him. And they went off to a farm and, like, like peace out on the superheroes. We want to live our life and have kids and whatever and live our life outside of superheroing. Was that the prime Madrox or one of the copies? I think that was one of the primes. Um, because then eventually during, uh, it wasn't schism. It was the thing that killed all or killed a bunch. It was a new mutant. It was the inhuman, uh, plague that killed mutants where you find multiple man where he's dead on the farm. 
like it is like all pustulous and like tumors and everything. Oh, yeah. You end up finding out that Cyclops was dead the whole time and it was just Emma projecting him, mentally projecting his life and everything. It was really weird where all Madroxes were dead, except for you found one dupe that was in like a vault of security that no matter what happened, he would still survive. And that dupe survived. That then became Madrox Prime-ish. <laughs> it's super messy, guys. It's X-Men. If you want to try to figure out that timeline, good luck. Please let us know. <laughs> but yes, the answer to your question is, is she a mutant? I think so. I, I think that's her power is she knows things. I think that's, I miss her. She has said my power so is I kind of want things. her kind of back. But I think she knew things because she could. She lived in a future. And <laughs> it's... Guy, <sighs> Laura's laughing because X-Men is so messy. It's timey-wimey. <laughs> she lived in a future. <laughs> she, yeah, because, I mean, how many X-Men... Think of how many X-Men futures timelines oh have goodness. we seen? There's Days of Future Past, Age of Apocalypse. I really um, like Age of Apocalypse. Um, all of House and Powers of X, from a certain point of view. Uh, Bishop's timeline, Cable's timeline, Rachel Gray's timeline. There's a bunch. Mm-hmm. If you want to... If you want to know why I hate time travel stories, guys, <laughs> read the X-Men. The X-Men <laughs> is a very important part of that reason why I hate time travel. Not to make it about me, but yeah, that's why. It just creates too many loopholes that you can just, oh, magic. Yeah, so when they did in-game, like, oh, well, Avengers Endgame, all right, we're doing time travel. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Talk about the easiest way to undo something. Eh, we'll just fix it in time travel. It'll be fine. So yeah, that is Adrian's question of, what about Layla? What about Layla? Uh, short answer, she knows stuff. She does know stuff. I miss knowing stuff. Yeah. So, now that that rant is done, <laughs> uh, let's go on to books that stood out to us this week. The week of June 2nd, 2021. What stood out to you guys? Well, the one that stood out to me was Batman number 109. It's uh, written by James Tinian, our good friend. We've Up and coming, met. great yes. writer. So um, it has it starts off with Batman who has been hit by the uh, Scarecrow's fear toxin and it's like a new brand of his fear toxin so it's a little harder hitting and stuff like that. And we don't really know what's going on because yeah. like the last five issues it starts like the first two pages him dealing with that and then it and then cuts it to just another cuts story. Off, yeah. So and it does the same thing here. It has him kind of suiting up to go find these random scarecrows that are placed throughout the city. Uh, he's got Oracle kind of monitoring things and he's uh. Tells her to message Ghost. Ghost Maker. I almost called it Ghost Face. That's uh, fair because that. Yeah. Ghost while Maker. The character is getting better. That's still a dumb name. Yes. Taser Face. <laughs> yeah. Not as. Oh, I don't know if it's not as bad or worse than that, actually. It's worse than that. <laughs> I'd rather you call me Taser Face than Ghost Maker. Well, at least Ghost Maker means that. I'm going to kill someone. So that's. Sure. The, well, I guess Taser that's is like, oh, I'm just stunning you with my face. Is that like a. You're so vain, like, like, hey, I'm so handsome, you're honest. That's right. In my face. That's right. Now I'm going to have that Way song stuck in my head. You're welcome. <laughs> so, but it does have uh, uh, Harley Quinn and Ghost Maker uh, having some interactions, and they, he's actually got her back at his, what do you call it? Uh, it's like a bat cave. The Haunt. The Haunt. He called oh, it no. The Haunt. So, and he's got a, a dinosaur in there that's bigger than Batman's. If if you want to parody Batman as much yes. as you can. This is the way to do it. This is the, Because it is in continuity where Batman exists. Like, no, no, I'm Batman, but better. Yeah. He, he has his own Batmobile, better. but better. The, so. I forget what he calls it. No, the this, Ghost Rider. Tell me it's the Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, what no, that's what he is. I don't remember. Oh, 
Uh, wait, go back a second, though. I heard he has a bigger dinosaur than yes, Batman. Yes. So Batman. When did Batman get a dinosaur? He, he's always had one. Yeah, he's always he's had one in his Batcave. He's always I, had a T-Rex in, the, in his Batcave. Yeah. I did not know this. This one's not a T-Rex. I don't remember what it was. But I do know the his car is not up to snuff as the Batmobile because he talked about just, like, throwing the whole car away and starting over and building a brand new because one. Because they had a street race. He lost. So yeah, like, all right, no, no I, I'm scrapping this one. I'm, I'm getting a new one. Yeah. Okay. And Harley's like, really? Are you uh, that petty? <laughs> and Taserface, is... Ghostface, is a good guy or a bad guy? He's a good guy now. Ghost Racer was the name of his car. No. Yeah, Ghost yeah. Now, Racer. does Lucius Fox still make his tech? No, he has... So <laughs> Ghostmaker is his own... He was... So he's a vigilante that kills... Basically, him and Batman, when they were both younger, they had a deal like, hey, you don't go east of this line. I don't go west of that line. So basically, Batman has the whole Western world. Ghostmaker has the whole Eastern world. So Europe, Asia, all that. So really, land-wise, I think Ghostmaker has more territory there than he covers, but whatever. Yeah, That's because uh, he's better. But he right. shows up in Gotham, and Batman's like, get out of my city. So they kind of fight, but then they're like, oh, we're teammates. And now... Each one is trying to teach the other, like, no, my way's the yeah. better way. Well, no way, my way's the better way. So right. they are working together. Trying to prove the other person wrong. And Didn't think... we just talk about this with the Red Hood last week or the week before? Uh, Killing's okay or killing's a not okay? Bit, but Ghostmaker agreed while way. he's in the United States on Batman's surf, he will not kill. Yeah. And I think he's also helping finance Bruce. Yeah. He I think I mentioned that a couple yeah. of issues ago. But uh, he actually gives Harley Quinn some fencing lessons and tells her about, you know, there's only five people who know my real name and stuff. And how many people really know you? And well, she, there's only like five people that know my name and yeah. four of them are dead. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it has some really great interaction there. And Batman's on the hunt and beating up people with robot arms right now in this issue. And I don't know if I want to read it now because it sounds like a good story or if I want to make fun of Taserface. So, Both. The story is really okay, good. All right. and but then, you can sit there and make fun of him, too. It's <laughs> not taking itself too seriously, but it's still a serious enough story that it's been good. Okay. okay. I think right. I, I speak for you, Jared, where originally we hated him. Oh, I hated him. I like, thought it was the dumbest story of Batman ever. The, and I'm getting invested in the character now. Okay. The, it was okay. a five issue story arc. The first four, he was terrible. He was dumb. I hated it. <laughs> Issue five, turn it around. Like, okay, this actually worked. Yeah. Okay. Wait, it took five issues before you changed your mind. Yeah. Yes. Like it was a four. It was a five issue story arc for them. Now the rest of the story was fine. Just him as a character, I hated him. All right. When you buy it, let me borrow it. I was like, I hate this character. I hate him. I hate him. I hate. Oh, that's actually really cool. Dang it, I like him now. <laughs> uh, he reminds me a little bit of Deadpool, where he was a joke, but he actually turned out being pretty good then. Um, and I do like the sto this story right now where Harley's decided, I, I need to make up for my teaming with the Joker for how many years. I need to be a good, good guy also. And her trying to do good and trying to sway the all of Gotham that have seen her the last 20 years or whatever being bad. Like, oh, it's her. Run away. Like, no, no, I'm here to help. No, no. I, like, I, I'm here to help you. No, I don't. That's it. I don't trust that. No. Sure. <laughs> So it's a nice redemption for Harley as well. Yeah. So Batman 109, it's been re it's really good. Check it out. Yeah. Check out the trade at least. Yes. Last two trades of that. Uh, Laura, what's out to you this week? I think the thing that stood out the most that I'm going to mention first was Marvel Double Action number one. It's a uh, tie-in with the Heroes Reborn stuff. And it's kind of a reimagining of the death of Gwen Stacy. As if 
um, Nighthawk and Falcon or called the dynamic double in this issue. They're Batman um, and Robin folks. Yeah. The Green Goblin decides to go after Falcon, like to use Falcon to get at Nighthawk. And it's a whole reimagining of that tale. And it's really interesting. It's drawn in kind of a retro way. And it's also really funny at the bottom of each page, there's like a little blurb. And I think I have seen this in other old issues where like, they're advertising other comics in the like footer space and on the the pivotal scene like there's a giant splash page and at the bottom it says something like we should probably shut up and let you enjoy this epic moment and i thought that was really funny um so yeah it was a retelling of the death of gwen stacy a lot of references to spider-man stuff but it's all turned on its head so. And isn't it like colored the classic like by dots instead of like full color? Oh, like I they miss have that the, stuff. Like doesn't it have like some of the dots for like part of the coloring at least? Maybe I could see where they were going for that. Or maybe that was just the cover where it showed that. I know there was part of it like caught my attention. Like oh, this looks. Oh no! It, it's that old style. It's that '80s style. But no, it's not that dot okay. style. Oh, I so think it might be even older that. than '80s style. It, it has it definitely. They do the full vintage feel to it though. Yeah, it it made me think of the death of Gwen Stacy, which is what they're going after. So that works. All right, Adrian, what's up to you this week? Okay, I need I need to ask: Is it my pick of the week or the thing that stood out? You can do either one. Okay, because you always so, get mad at me, and so I always get in trouble. We changed it. Like, I mean, if you were listening to the podcast uh, a couple months ago, we decided instead of just doing honorable honorable pick, we decided you know let's just talk about whatever stood out, and you can say it's your pick whenever you want. I'm asking because I got in trouble last week. You. Uh, so Noctera, I've really been really been liking it. It stood out this week, and I don't know if I like it anymore. To be honest, <laughs> I, no, I want okay. to keep liking. I remember what I yelled at you for last time. Yeah, see, it was see? because it's not because it wasn't your pick of the week. I said no. We're here to sell stuff. We're here about to talk about the positive stuff. Then you're like, no, this book, nee. no. We're here to talk about good things, not necessarily. See, that's why see, I asked. I have that's to argue why, this when too. When I get in trouble, so I'm going to switch to my pick of the week. But you can say Noctera number four came out, and you were enjoying issues one, I, two, three. And I still enjoyed number four. I really did. I, I'm just a little worried, because I know I mentioned last week or the week before, that I'm I'm really excited for the twist. The thing that's going to be like, you, oh. You know the shoe's going to drop, but you just right. don't know when yet. And I think we got that at the end of this issue. You want to say something. Yeah, real bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go. Well, we've talked before about like redemption stories. Like You can start to dislike something and then it turns around and it gets better like you can still talk about sure. something that stood out Ghostmaker. yeah yeah <laughs> but as long as you and, on a high note you can't just say well this is starting to suck so no you have to at least keep the positive i'm gonna spin keep going. reading it i'm gonna keep reading it because at yeah. the end the last uh the last page kind of gave me a little bit of a like wait a minute wait a minute what's going on here it's a new hook yeah. sort of thing yeah yeah uh she's nice she kind of turned into nice person. She was a little bit harder she in was issues this, one through three. She was this like trucker that was living on the edge and like cold to everybody because she knew they'd make a die and give a moment. So why right. bother getting attached? Right. And then she's yeah, getting attached. She's getting attached. I don't know if I like that or not. They grew it, on her. It, it, like might, a work. Tumor. it might work. It, it, it might work. I'm it really excited. I see where they're going with the story arc. I think if they're going a certain direction with the story arc, if they're just doing it just because, then it's going to be pointless. Right. But if they move it out with the story arc, then it, they could do something really cool with that. Right, right. 
Now, because of the attachment, I'm assuming the person she's getting attached to, she's going to die, you know, because that probably kind of sort of makes sense, at least to me. And keep in mind, most books are traded at either issue five or issue six. So this is issue four. So they're getting ready for a hook that will leave next issue, either next issue or issue that will leave a cliffhanger to keep you interested for more. Yes. Right. So uh, that one stood out to me. Uh, I'm really excited. I still really am excited. I'm not just saying that. Uh, I it think was I still... odd, but you like it still. Yes. I haven't canceled it <laughs> from my pull list, you know. So, yes, I, I am still reading it, and that was something that stood out to me. Okay. Uh, one that stood out to me is three that stood out to me, actually. It is the kickoff of, well, it's kind of three in one. <laughs> uh, the Hellfire Gala has officially kicked off this week, folks. Uh, it starts Wait a minute. With... You've been saying you haven't been excited about this. Well, but so once he read it, it actually, it actually got me. Okay, all right. I'm just saying, I, if I, I can be negative. If right, I yeah. can't be negative, then you can't be negative. Well, no, I mean, I I edit and host this thing. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> um, Zing. But the it starts off with Marauders number twenty one, the X Force twenty, Hellions number twelve. That is the reading order to read it in. Unfortunately, the front of the book does not tell you that. I hate it when it's they do not that. until the checklist at the very end. Luckily, I've been at this game long enough that I knew. Hey, sure. go to the last page. That'll tell you what order to read in. I do like that about the X books is that they've been giving you the correct order in case something happens, like the world goes through a pandemic and things happen. Unlike King and Black. Right. Yes. Um, so Hellfire Gala it is finally here, folks, where the Hellfire Club has they've had these galas over the years past when the Hellfire Club was a bad crew. Now it's a good crew ish. It's gonna still say, questionable. It depends on your definition of good from a certain point of view. Right. Uh, I mean, it is led. It's led by Emma Frost. <laughs> How good is Emma Frost ever truly going to be? She may be a hero, but she's not 100. She's not. She's no Captain America. She's no Superman. She has some flaws that are a little bit in vain. A lot of vain. Uh, I mean, I think this part they talk about where she goes through three wardrobe changes over the night of one party over the course of one night. Only three. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And of as the the more and more they go, the less and less clothes she's wearing. It's more like she's just peeling off layers. So we'll, we'll give you that visual image. Like the first issue. Let me see if I can find it real quick. She is in, like, complete the most covered up I've ever seen Emma Frost wow. my entire life. Sure. Yep. Oh, From wow. here, yeah. it just looks like a cloud. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she looks, uh, what do I want to say? You know when you see a baby goose when it's super <laughs> she's poofy? A, she's a ducklet from Pokemon. Oh, yeah, she's super poofy. And that, she's like, all right, well, that's that's her welcoming outfit. Like, hey, everyone, come welcome to the island. I'm safe. Right, welcome to the party. It's fine. Then as the night goes on, oh, it's one of those kind of parties is the impression that I get from it based off of her apparel. And I'm not safe. And a lot of other people's apparel. Like, it is so weird, so over the top that it's crazy, folks, how, quote, sexy all the characters are dressing for this party. It's really weird. But it's a really good story. Uh, Marauders itself basically just sets up like, hey, this is the party. He's, these are the people we invite. And this is where people leave at the end of the day. The, the other two issues are, okay, this is what's going on during that same time with this group of people, mm-hmm. with this group of people, with this group. I'm assuming that's how the whole series will go with the Hellfire Gala. 
Is most of them will be mini stories focusing on each one? I don't know for sure. That is kind of the what I liked about Post House and Powers of X is that they were giving us the whole new world at the same time in all these other books. Right. So that would if if this goes away, I think it's going to. Uh, I think that would make the most sense to do it in the same fashion. So originally, I was like, "Really, guys, you're going to have another big crossover event with the X Men?" Oh, you hated, but ten of swords. But this one, as of right now, doesn't seem as bad as ten of swords, where it's not twenty two chapters. Sure, um, it seems like it's a solid twelve, okay. which is still a lot. But it's no bounty hunters, which is forty four parts. <laughs> And it's Jared? no King of Black, so which was my sexy. Next pick yeah. might just be. <laughs> so, uh, before we jump to that, is it? Uh, I believe with all the tie ins, it's going to be 44 goodness. parts. Oh, uh, wow. But that's I mean, if you get all the tie ins, which it seems will be optional. We'll talk about that when Jared's turn to talk. <laughs> Let's not get too far off the train tracks here. But yeah, Marauders, number, or Gala of X, or Hellfire Gala is where I want to go, is an honorable mention where it's three books in one. It seems like they're going to be doing three books every week for a while. Which is a lot, but like I said, as of right now, week one in, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. So, Jared. So, my pick of the week is War of the Bounty Hunters number one, Star Wars. Sorry. So, so going back to my, where you're going to yell at me about me not liking I'm just the saying, 44 parts. I'm just saying. I agree with Jared. This one's really good because this is the main series. Yes. This is issues one through five. You don't necessarily have to read all the tie-ins. This is just the this is the main story. Okay, but so. I do want to go back a week, maybe two. I don't know when this came out, but one of my picks for a while back was Darth Vader number twelve, where uh, it's a prelude. Yeah, to it's the... a prelude to the War of the Bounty Hunters, and Han Solo is like being chased by Darth Vader and the Falcon and everything. So yeah, go forward from there. Yeah, so but, yeah, that was, that was like my a... pick from like a week or two ago. So that was like out. pre. Uh... Cloud City? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That was after Han had blown up the Death Star, or helped Luke blow up the Death Star, so he was after Han. Um, In War of the Bounty Hunters, number one, it starts out where um, Han Solo had been taken from Boba Fett after he was in Carbonite, and it's got a mystery uh, character. And that happened, he got captured in the Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha. Yes, in Alpha. Just for, if you were looking to see where to get started on this, that took place in the Alpha. Yes. So, um, yeah, we don't know who actually took them till the end of this issue, which I'm not going to spoil that. It is I a was, major revelation. It is. I really liked it. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm hooked. I didn't this know that looks... Captain America was in the Star Wars yeah, universe. I know. The, I, I know. I'm going to tease it a little bit, saying it's a character from a Star Wars movie that we have not seen in the comic books yet. I thought That's Padme was dead. <laughs> Panda Bear. That's clone. Was Greedo in the comics? Uh, He's been in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. So... But uh, baby, baby Yoda. Oh, <laughs> Grogu had a had a side piece. So this character basically uh, messages Jabba and says, "Hey, I've got your prize." Um, you know, that kind of thing. And Jabba's basically puts a bounty out on Boba Fett. Boba Fett, because Boba failed to fulfill his duty yes. of bringing in Han. Yes, or Han. So. Han. He gets attacked in a bar where he's, you know, telling the bartender, you know, his cargo got stolen, blah, 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 and blows the people away who's trying to kill him. 
So he finds out that um, Java. Thank oh, you, yeah, Java. I, was like, I, I completely you, lost. That. Sorry, <laughs> I thought that's who you're blanking on. But I didn't know oh, for sure. Oh my god, that completely just escaped me. So he goes to Java's palace. Do you even and, like Star Wars? Yeah, it's he's been busy with his house yes. last three weeks. So yes. okay, fine. My brain is fried <laughs> from everything. But uh, yeah, he so he goes to Java's palace to basically confront Java. Why did you put this hit out on me? And he gets uh, meets up there with old Bib. Bib Fortuna. Yep. And uh, he basically killed all Bib's guards, and he goes into Java's palace because Bib tells him, you know, he was called away. He's on a, you know, he's got a thing going on. He's got and a it turns meeting, out a board meeting that the message that was sent to him was from this character who has Han Solo. Oh, the so, dude that actually stole. Yeah. Okay. So, have you read it yet? I no. Okay, so I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna this close good. this so you don't mm-hmm. see anything. So I really liked the ending. I can't wait to see where they're going to go. Um, I'm hoping all 40-some issues of this are going to pay <laughs> off and be good. What I'm going to tell people is near as – I mean, the, it's hard to tell this early on. But near as I can tell is if you're reading Dr. Afra, then you should be fine just reading Dr. Afra. If yeah. you're not reading it, you'll be fine not reading that also. Agreed. So if you want to – but if you want to see what's going on, the main Star Wars st- stories that you are signed up to, they are – all going to be supplemental stuff to the main yeah. story. It, it reminds me a lot of Civil War, where they had the main Civil War book, but everyone else had their own little offshoot tie right. That's what I'm getting the impression out of this. So you don't necessarily have to have all no. 44 issues of the, quote, war, the bounty hunters. Right. This Dr. Aphra number 10 and Darth Vader number 12, you don't need to pick those up at all. I would say pick up Alpha and go straight into number one, and you're going to be fine. I mean, that's more or less my plan is just to read the main core series and be good. I mean, I'm still reading Vader. I'm still reading Star Wars itself. Yep. But I'm not reading Aphra. I'm not reading The Bounty Hunters. No, and I I haven't read any of Dr. Aphra. Well, I read just maybe like the first couple issues when it first came out. But I haven't read anything from this new series. And i got to be honest. I flipped through and I'm just like, I don't even know who these some of these characters are offhand, you know. And and you do have the option, like yeah. what Jared is doing, where if you come to Alter Your Comics, we can subscribe you to everything that's in there. With a click of the button, we can sign you up to everything of War of the Bounty Hunters. Yep, and that's what I did just because I... Alpha was so good. Like when I first saw War of the Bounty Hunters, I'm like, I don't give a crap. I read uh, Alpha and it was, I, it was amazing. Alpha was so good. Issue one, I'd still say, yeah, is really good issue as well. One, they're still hot off the trails with it. Uh, the Darth Vader prelude story was excellent. Vader 12. Uh, who's writing this? Is it Charles Soule? Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. And Pack. Which is it Charles Soule seems to be. Craig? Is really Greg good Peck. at main events, it seems. Like, he reminds me a lot of Bendis, where big picture events, sure. Yeah. Nitty gritty throughout the run. Uh, his quality may vary back and forth. But for big events, if he's if he's got this big story, then he'll be good to go. Yeah. So, but yeah, War of the Bounty Hunters number one came out. Um, it is a first appearance. Yes. In the, in the comics. Yes. So. And that, you said that is your pick of the week or just an honorable? Just uh, like I think I'll out. go with that as my pick of the week. Cool. Another first appearance that I noticed in there was a hut with abs. Oh, I thought that was I forgot crazy. about that. I did see that too. Yeah, <laughs> he's got like a six pack or an eight pack going. Yeah, it was just crazy. jacked as I mean, a hut. It makes sense because I mean, since when? Because why not? People come in all shapes and sizes. Why can't huts? I thought they were all because they've all been slugs. <laughs> hey. If you know how slugs move, they move with their belly. That's going to work a lot. If you move around a lot, that's going to do a lot. So this is the Speedy Gonzalez of of huts. Or Usain Bolt, maybe. 
or Hulk Hogan. He's the Hulk Hogan of huts. No. <laughs> I no. think that's a pretty if good If you analogy. say Hut Hogan, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> what you going to do, brother? When Hulk, Hut Hogan comes walking over you. Get out. So yeah, Star Wars. Bounty Hunters, number one. Uh, what else stood out to you this week, Laura? Hmm. Or did anything else stand out to you this week? Kind of a few things. Um, it's probably worth mentioning that Spider-Man Chameleon Conspiracy Part 1, um, Amazing Spider-Man number 67 came out. And this is probably a good jumping on point if you've had no idea what's been going on in Spider-Man for the last year. Because it's kind of like, it was really ironic this morning, I, I dug up an old podcast from the Spider-Man crawl space. And they were talking about all the stuff that leads up to this. And that was from like 2019, just before the pandemic. Nice. So this is finally getting back to all the stuff they were setting up then. And it almost ignores everything about Kindred. And it's focusing on Teresa Parker's back and talking a little bit about, um, I don't know, is it too much of a spoiler about Betty Brant right now? I would say, because last time we said there's a major character that happens, we're not going to talk about it. It's been a month since that came out, so I think you can mention it now. Okay. Because it's the beginning of the book, too. It's like the first page, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of the art in this one, too. Like, the first pages of Betty Brandt, I was like, who is this again? Okay, good thing they told me, and she's got a baby bump. She so, is yeah. super pregnant, folks. Yep, she's gonna burst. So, surprise, Betty's back and super pregnant. And, of course, Peter's like, oh, doing quick math. When did we last date? Is it, <laughs> is it my fault? What's going on? Yeah, I wondered for a second if that's what she was going to tell him, but I knew it wasn't true. Like she even said, the, she even said the father, and he gets like all like super sweaty, like oh crap, <laughs> His I'm not ready to be dead. Tingling. It was not a spidey sense. Uh, yeah, and it turns out no, Peter Parker Spider Man is not the father. Spoilers, jeez. I mean, again, that's very early on. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's a good jumping on point again. It brings back some old story arcs, but it also brings you back up to speed. It tells you what was going on because I think they understood, hey, it's been like a year since we talked about this stuff. So I think some of these guys need to do that every so often where they need to, mm -hmm. uh, well, I haven't read Spider-Man in, you know, five years, you know, where do I, because we get that at the store all the time. Hey, I'm, I haven't read since whenever, or I've never did. Uh, where do I jump off? And so <clears throat> you saying that that's, that's great. That's awesome. I think more, they should do that more often. Especially yep. on the cover it says, on the top, part one. Like Even though it's mm -hmm. issue number whatever, mm -hmm. it's always good when it says, part one of this story arc. Yep, so it's on you guys when people come in and ask, where do I start with Spider-Man? All of it. Here you go. Well, I mean, you start All here. Yeah. All of it. I'm not sucking at a ball right Including now. the Clone <laughs> Saga. Yeah. That's a trap. Don't start yeah. with the we clone don't, saga. We don't you, any of them. We don't start that it one. It refers too, so to this. And the clone saga is referred either. to. And we don't stop uh, Spider-Man Trouble either. Which one was Trouble? The one that Laura Oh my god. Hates. Yeah, I bought. Oh, no, right. I, no. How did you forget my train wreck? How did you forget? I, the, the I bought ben that. Book. I bought that just because of her review of that. See another. I had to see where... it was that bad, and it was. She's it was. not exaggerating no, no, at all. Mark Miller, well, folks. Mark Miller. Blame him. We are allowed to talk about bad things because they intrigue people. And, and sometimes and people know <laughs> people know that like my taste fall this way, my tastes are contrary to this person. So It wasn't even a Spider Man book though. When I hear someone it's say, Oh, I really liked this or I really didn't like that, and I'm like, Oh, because we line up on this and this, mm -hmm. I would probably like this, even though you didn't. Right. 
the one thing that book had, even though you hated it, that I w- thought was entertaining was just to see how much hatred that it got out of you. <laughs> and it wasn't my fault, thankfully, <laughs> other than the fact that I brought it home. Yeah, but, you brought that into my house. But it was not my fault. It's not there right now. It's not here. Yeah, where did we did, put it? Say, did, did oh, you okay. it? I I've got it. I've got okay. it right now. I lose track. You wanted me to hate it. Yep. So, yeah. It wasn't very good. No, it was bad. It was really bad. It's there, a Spider-Man book where he doesn't show up He's not at, at all. all. It is a young Aunt May and a young... Ben and a young... Who are the other two? Um, Richard and Mary. Yeah. Oh, right. Duh. Yeah. But I think Spider-Man's sort of there because at the very end they say that Aunt May or wait is that spo- well it's been out long I, enough. I mean, I spoiler, right? yeah, yeah. The book's out of okay. print too. The reason, okay, okay. Oh, really? so backstory: <laughs> the reason why we got in the store at all is because I saw it on a clearance list for like two dollars. <laughs> it retails right. for like twenty, folks. Here's so, your sign: a twenty-dollar book for two dollars. That tells you how good it is. Mm-hmm. But um, Spider-Man is in it because at the end they imply that aunt may is the one who got pregnant and had peter parker she's the biological she's really the mother. mom and then she like had richard and mary take Adopt. care of the pregnancy because yeah that came out funny but because richard and mary could yeah. not could not get pregnant yeah so spider-man is inside may's belly at the very end of the issue yeah but you just can't see him just like the title that book is trouble hmm. so adrian hmm what stood out to you in a good way, way this week? Uh, Basilisk uh, by Boom Studios. Would you even say it's your pick of the week? Yeah, I would actually say that it is my pick of the week. Um, <clears throat> you know me. I'm getting into more of these one-off you know, stories. Uh, actually, I saw it earlier this week. Uh, maybe I went to their website or something, just kind of scrolling around. And uh, I saw the description on the website. And I added it through my Comic Hub app. Uh, thankfully, uh, Mark had already ordered some anyway. So uh, I still got it. And it starts off really well. These uh, hospitalized people, a group of five people, come out of nowhere. And uh, the one girl just kind of grabs a guy by the mouth and kills him. And that's the first couple pages. Uh, and then it jumps, I assume it jumps into the future. Um, and we get the main character, then she actually threatens to kill this random visitor in her town, uh, which I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. And then the twist at the end is that Captain America shows up and kills everybody. Uh, no. Hail Hydra. <clears throat> Hail Hydra. <laughs> uh, no, the, the villains, uh, are going to be kind of interesting, I think, on how this whole thing uh, plays out. Um, and there's an interesting power um, coming from the person that gets threatened to be killed. Uh, it sounds good. It looks like it's going to be good. In, At least until issue three. <laughs> so, Adrian hasn't said a whole lot about it, too, because A, spoilers. Spoilers. And B, it is a super light read. Like yeah. Yes, it really like, was. It is a five-minute read. Like there's very little. It's a dialogue. five minute look at really because there's very little dialogue to it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like wow, they they told a lot of the story without actually talking to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Their art told the story. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I remember I read it. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Laura's like, man, that was fast. I looked at the time. I was like, that was fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a very slow reader, and even I was like, oh, I'm done. Which also meant that I was like slightly disappointed. I wanted more. I was getting invested mm-hmm. in 
So issue two needs to come out fast. The sidekick that we keep seeing throughout the book, um, uh, that that was really cool. I'll be interested how they kind of tie all that into it. And um, no, I've really been liking a lot of what Boom Studios has been putting out the last couple of years. Boom, Aftershock, and Dark Horse. They've found some really good stuff lately. I want to say Aftershock has been just knocking out of the park lately. I think they did Autumnal. That sounds right. Uh, didn't Aftershock do, when they first came out, did that uh, Russian Sniper? No, um, that was TKO. That was TKO, you're oh, right. that's yeah. right. Uh, Sarah. 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 Sarah, thank that you. That was TKO. Yep. But um, Aftershock, I think they did, Aftershock or Image was something that's killing the children. I think that might be Image. That's Image, I think, yeah. Pretty it's, sure. It's oh, in that the center boom. of the table. That one's Boom. That one's Boom Studios. It got an award too, apparently. Yeah. Yep. I, I thought about reading that one because I think didn't Mark like that one? I feel like someone I in your I know group I did. has I like the first recommended that. I, I stopped reading it because it just wasn't on the wall anymore. So I was like, oh, I'll just read it and trade. And hey, there's the trade. Have it in trade. But yeah. It's lot. like we only stock stuff that's good. I know, right? <laughs> um yeah, it, the independent stuff. I I learned this from Mark, and I have to agree with it, that it is a maturing of readers, that you usually start with Marvel DC because that's the mainstream. That's what you know. That's where mm-hmm. you just automatically go to. But at a certain point, most every reader is like, all right, this I still like this, but I'm getting bored with it. It's not so unique and new anymore because I've – You've, you only read Superman fighting a big bad monster so many times before. So he can only die so many times. Right. Correct yeah. choice of words. I know. Um, and you can still like the main... She's making fun that I don't pick Spider-Man like a fight and say whatever. Um, now, yes, you can still like that, but you can still come away wanting more. Sure. And eventually, you typically do that by like, okay, I want to try something different. What else is there? And then that really snowballs into the full world of comic books. Mm-hmm. Sure. And... And what I like about it is kind of what we do at the store. Like if somebody comes in, hey, I've been reading X, Y, and Z, right? And I want to try something new. Okay. Well, I like, you know, A, B, and C. Alex likes LMNOP, you know? And so we tell you what we like, and then you make a decision. And kudos to a new customer that says, hey, uh, I just want to start getting into reading books. Okay, well, what kind do you want? Superheroes, whatever. Like, no, no, I want, like, Marvel DC is fine and all, but I want to, like, really sink my teeth into something else. Like, okay, well, at that point, what well, kind you of can't sh- eat the books. What kind of shows do you like to watch? Because oh, sure. everybody watches television at some shape or another. So, like, do you like horror? Do you like fantasy? Do you like mystery? And then you get to really widen your, broaden your horizons. Yeah, not every, you know, prose novel is, you know, the same story genre you know there's there's that so the same thing with comic books so good on you for trying new stuff and i mean we talked to this i think it was you jared when mike came in the store he's like you know i'm starting brilliant is it you or was it you i don't know he's like i'm like, he's like i love superman but i'm starting to read more and more of this independent stuff oh and I was like, yeah, because you are you are growing and maturing as a person that's why and he's like yeah this this book is phenomenal i never would have picked it up even five years ago, like, well, because you are ready to experience new things. Yeah. Tell them to join book club so we can have a book club. We'll work on that. (laughs) So yeah, that is a long, long about way of saying basilisk. Basilisk. Not a lot of words. (laughs) Great art. And you guys know me, I'm a sucker for the art, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things that got me on die uh, by image. It's like, oh, wow, this looks really cool. Let me read it. Oh, wow. This is written really well. I'm going to keep reading it. 
the art gets you in, the story is what keeps you enthralled. Because it can be fantastic art, but if the story sucks, I'm out. Yep. But if the art is horrible, I don't even want to start the book. Right. The, the first issue has to get me in with the story. Yeah. If the art's not there, it has to pull me in. There was right. a Hawkeye book. By Matt Fraction. I couldn't read it because of the art, and then you told me to read it. I gave you my trade. Yeah, and I loved it. And what? it actually worked with the art. And the art a, that I didn't like. You learn, like, no, this actually fits. The story that they're telling, the art fits perfectly right. with the story. Yeah, I had that with Department of Truth as well. Like, it was rough art, but it fit the story so well because it's so confusing. The world is on its head. Like, you need that crazy art to obscure the story. So, with that, I'll go to my pick of the week, uh, which is a DC title. After all this non-Marvel DC. But this is probably the least DC book, the least DC style of book written by DC in a very long time, if you follow that track. Yes. It doesn't feel like a DC title book, but it's theirs. Is but it a black label? It is I a black label book, so that's what helps. Okay. I didn't realize it was DC when I first started right? it. Right? Yeah, I did it. Yeah. Uh, it is The Nice House on the Lake, book one. <laughs> that's I not mean, a DC book. I mean, I see it, but, but I'm like, you're right. Yeah, it does not look like a DC book. I believe this is a 12-issue series, too. I believe this is issue one of 12, where there is a group of 20 to 30-something-year-olds that are invited to this house party that's at a nice house that's on the lake. Who knew? Wow. Right? <laughs> they get invited by their weird, rich friend. That Captain America. That is... <laughs> they- uh, met in a bar the one person met this person in a bar and they basically started like how do you think the world's gonna end you know <laughs> right. and they start talking about how they think the some, world's gonna end some people say fire some people say ice yeah hey will you pull that for me when you uh, uh get into can, the store tomorrow how about this when you come in tomorrow why don't you pull it to your, for yourself since you're coming oh, right in i'm coming in tomorrow oops uh, Wait, but, tomorrow's Friday, right? Yeah, we're okay, doing it. Okay, just checking. Anyway, uh, what's cool with it too is each character has a weird symbol assigned to their name and a subtitle, like it's the not artist, weird. like the artist, the writer, um, the comedian has a little smiley face emoji. logo emoji. Yeah, the yeah. acupuncturist. Yeah, if you is... look close at the symbols, they all make sense. They're like a needle for oh, the acupuncturist, yeah. right. uh, the, the palette for the artist, consultant yeah. is a time is a clock. I uh, didn't notice that. The doctor is a, I don't know. The doctor, it looks like a crosshair, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, each person has a nickname of what they do. Or like, all right, if you're going to be defined as one thing, this is what you are. And uh, you find out that the house in the lake is not what it appears to be. And I don't want to give anything else away because it's a major spoiler at the end of the book. Is it really a van down by the river? Uh, no, it is a house. Oh, okay. So it reminds me of a movie we watched during the pandemic. So yes. I, can I say this name of the movie sure. without spoiler? Okay. It's a lot like Save Yourselves is what it reminded me yes. of. Yes. Now that you mentioned it, I agree. Uh, it, it does. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was really cute in that, um, in like the background of some of the stuff, if you're really reading all the like text messages and things, it refers to the tiny onion, which is a... Uh, joke that Tinian does a lot and it made me think of Hootsuite too when the girl had like her five rows of different Twitter feeds. If you look at the details of the comic as well, I thought that was interesting. Oh no. It's it's art that I don't like, but... Trust me, the story makes up for it, but it's a Hawkeye situation. Oh no. Yeah. But from uh, what you guys have said, yeah, I'm going to 
like it. If, it's weird. If it yeah. works. It or is weird, and it's a good one. If this was not Alex's pick of the, pick of the week, it was going to be mine. It was my pick and Mark's pick. We picked the same thing because... And, and mine. Because Angie didn't pick the same thing as us, so I was like, cool, I can double with Mark this week. I stayed up late past my bedtime to read that. <laughs> what was Angie's pick? So uh, Hers was Moths. Is that oh, the one right next to it with that, the same sorry. cover, only not? Uh, very similar. <laughs> yeah. So just to give like a quick synopsis of why how they got to the lake house, that guy that they met has basically you know, been in touch with all of these people, and he sends them all an email to come to his lake house and everything, and he's gathering them there. Yes. Right? So it's kind of like the mystery of why is he gathering them there. Um, oh, it's like Clue. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 you know no, the bad I didn't do it. Yeah. But he's not what he seems. I, I don't want to give anything away. Let's just go with, we got Adrian hooked right now, or he wants to read it. Let's call that sold. Okay. We, we got it sold for our, our listeners, hopefully, at that point. Okay. We'll stop there. Yeah, so don't good. mention Captain America on the last page? I mean... Never mention Captain no, America. No, the question is, which one, Captain America? It's not Captain America. This one's Iron Man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Team Stank. All right. Um, so we all did a or a pick of the week and or stood out to us. Anything else last real fast that... We want to talk about, I want to mention Crush and Lobo number one came out this week. Well, this is a one of eight by DC Comics. You may ask, who is Crush? Well, that's a great question. I don't really know other than she is the <laughs> daughter of Lobo. Who's Crush? She is the daughter of Lobo. I want... Some her... people will ask, who's Lobo? If only she was orange, because like, oh, she's Orange Crush, the best kind of soda. <laughs> but she's not. Get out. <laughs> um, but this book reminds me of, if you like Deadpool it's very similar to Deadpool style of humor where breaking the fourth wall and being over the top if you like goodness. Deadpool Lobo's a good good filler for a Deadpool for a DC version of Deadpool he's very mouthy you know very arrogant and his daughter's about the same in some instances <laughs> yeah um, she's a little more reserved, I guess. And this is this has the Pride logo because it, it is Pride Month for June, and she is gay also. And she goes to her girlfriend's birthday party where she the girlfriend is from Earth, and she is not, and she is not accustomed to Earth. Uh, what is the word I want to use? Gravity. No. <laughs> uh, traditions and culture. Culture. Thank you, culture. And like ruins the birthday party and like ah crap and. But it was good. It was a, like I said, it's issue one of eight. It's worth checking out. It's, it's different. If you, if you like Lobo, then he's going to be in it. It's important. And that's the only thing else that stood out to me I'm this week. crinkling that because if you do like Crush, she's also been in a Teen Titans Academy, which number three came out last week or the week before. So, like I said, I'm a little behind. I think it was everything. last week. So I just read that one today also. And I liked that. Yeah. This spins right out of Teen Titans Academy because... Um, Didn't you guys she, talk about that? She is in that issue where something happens. Yep. I don't want to give away spoilers because it was just a week old. And she mentions it in this week's issue itself. Okay. Yeah, and we talk about it all the time, more or less. All three <laughs> issues that it's come out, it's yep. been mentioned. It's been so good, and it's been so different from what DC's been doing. Yeah. You know? It's, but it still fits in the DC universe. Like, it, it actually fits. And if you like that, and... Or if you like the idea of that, but are a diehard Marvel fan, or like both DC and Marvel, check out Strange Academy as well. Yeah. They are very similar to each other, but still different in their own way. Not because Marvel and DC, but because the story itself are going two different directions. But the basic, the same basic principles involved. So, anything else stand out to anybody? Or do you want to go to the part that Jared always forgets? Oh, crap. <laughs> Adrian probably forgot. Yep, totally forgot. Laura might have remembered, 
Yeah, I have an idea. The hero of the week, comic book or otherwise, doesn't have to be in comics, doesn't have to be in real life, just as long as it's somebody or some organization or some certain thing. Usually somebody is good, though. Or somebody's. So, Laura, since you have an idea, why don't you kick it off? Who is your hero of the week? Captain America. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's in everything, guys. Exactly. Last page of every book I read this week. Crazy. But no, I thought that because the books we were focusing on earlier were Eisner Awards, that Will Eisner should be my hero because he inspired the award and he presented it for the first, I think, 20 or 40 years. I'm sorry, I, I read it, but I don't remember. Oh, wait, here we go. Since 1988. I knew it was 88 because Watchmen was on the first year, first okay. two years, or Alan Moore was the first two years. Like, oh, that award lasted for two years just for him. Yep. So Will used to actually present the award, and then he unfortunately died, I believe, so he doesn't give it anymore. But Unlike he's our comic here. books, deaths in the real world, they usually stick, stick a little bit longer. Yep. Um, I'll go next to buy Adrian and Jared a little bit of time. I want to say George Decay. Oh my. Um, because he gave us, they called us enemy, and just his whole career as an actor and voice actor and everything. So, George Takei. And it is Pride Month, so why not go with George Takei? Good point. You know what else we should do? We should watch Star Trek 3 in honor of George Takei. Uh, that's a wrap for time, folks. <laughs> uh, we have to get out of here. But before that, Jared, you look like you might have an idea. I'm going to go with uh, James Tinian IV. Um, He's been writing some good things, and I'm just looking around the table, and I see uh, Something is Killing the Children is is sitting there. Which is an Eisner Award winning. Uh, He wrote uh, The Nice House on the Lake, which was... uh, My pick of the week, your pick of the week. Weeks. Uh, He's been writing Batman. So he's kind of all over the place doing some great work right now, so I'm going to go with him. He has blown up this past year or two. Yes, all right, Adrian, did we buy enough time? Uh, maybe. <clears throat> so, um, had a rough, 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 rough couple of days. A rough couple of days. Uh, kind of got down, and uh, my go-to feel-better show uh, this week was uh, Star Wars Rebels. And I remember it actually won uh, a couple of awards and got nominated for several others. Uh, I just love the story about family uh in that uh the self-sacrifice for the greater good um the episode that i went to first was um in the first season they find luminara unduly um that's a good one and it starts off with kanan training ezra and he's like do or do not there is no try and ezra's like how do you do something without trying and kanan's (laughs) like i don't know yoda always said that to me you just just do it you know that's just the mantra i was told and then it goes through the whole episode and they kind of go back to that scene later and kind of explains how if I only try, I'm going to expect to fail. So I'm not going to try. I'm either going to do or I'm not. And you may fail. I may fail. But there is no try. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really cool. I, you know. I mean, ultimately, the result is you did it or you didn't. Right. So that's where the do or do not is. There is no, there is no middle ground. You right. either complete it or you don't. So, and you know me, I've loved the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars. I've loved Rebels. Um, not so much Resistance. Um, uh, yeah. So. And who knows how Bad Batch will go. So far, I've enjoyed it. But. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, same here. So, another right. family show. Like, it's, yeah. now you've got these, 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 this new kind of 
family taking care of this kid and they don't know what they're Whose doing. His name is Omega. Right. Omega. That boy, they Omega. pushed that through your skull. That first episode, I'm like, okay, Omega. we get Omega. it. We, Omega. I've got your name down. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know anybody else's name, but I know hers. Yep. Right. <laughs> I even called a crosshair. No, cross-eyed. Target. No, crosshair. Crosshair. Is cross- I called yeah. him the wrong name. There's crosshair, Echo, Hunter. And Wrecker. And Wrecker. But I was calling crosshair something else. Cross-eyed. I was... Whatever Corsair. I got, the, I, I got the name wrong, but I did not get Omega's What's name wrong. What's the tech guy? Tech, yeah. is it just tech? Okay, I <laughs> might have made that up. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with it no, because I, it sounds I'm, good. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's this great. Like we don't know what we're doing. You don't know what you're doing, but we're gonna figure out this whole family thing together, or fail trying. We will or we won't. So who was your pay, or who was your hero of the week then? Uh, Kanan. Kanan. Okay. Kanan. <laughs> Kanan Jarrus. Caleb Dune. Caleb Dune. All right, so that's it for us today, folks. This was a supersized episode. Uh, who knows how far it'll get trimmed down to, but raw, it is over an hour and a half long, folks. Wow. No. An hour and 31 minutes. have been sitting here for an hour and a half. Yeah. Wow. So and thank you for listening as long as you did. Yes. Uh, Jared is an honorary hero of the week for coming back. Hey, Yay. yes, I'm, I'm not going to be homeless. Thanks for having me back. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for reading comments or leaving comments, which we have one. Laura, what does the comment say? Um, it is from Pettit Gene and Design. Sorry if I mispronounced Pettit Gene. I bet it's Adam. Oh. It's Adam. I bet it's Adam. Hi, oh. Adam. Okay. It was from March 1st, actually. Sorry again that we don't read these very often. They're kind of hard to find across all the platforms, and I really think only Apple Podcast has them. Um, he wrote, The Real Deal and Educational. Actual comic book store employees and comic book readers discussing comic books. Very informative and entertaining. All right. So, Thank yeah. you. Thank you for leaving, leaving a review. If you would like to leave a review and has a, have a service that does that, That'd be great if you'd do that for us, folks. If not, then just tell us when you come to the store that you like it and how much you love Saga. (laughs) So until then, folks, we will see you next time. Have a good one. An hour and a half, really? Hour and 33. You've got a little bit of editing to do, man. Wow. Yeah, so...